Welcome to the Port Charles Update with your hosts, Mish and Mel. Hey there, you ready? Hi! Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yay! Okay, so let's get started. Let's get started. I am so excited. It sucks that, like, we can't talk during the week. Well, we, I mean, we can, I guess. (laughs) But, like. What about this? Yeah, like, I I was, like, I've I've been dying to talk about the Alexis episode (gasps) that just happened yesterday. Okay, so let's just, like, I I have no patience, so let's just jump right in. But, (laughs) So, so before we get to the Alexis episode, I want to talk about like some Alexis stuff. Like, so before that episode aired, Mm -hmm. so when Alexis was meeting the prison consultant, I kept thinking to myself, just in that episode, like, it's just interesting because this whole, like, there's this big stress being placed on um, her identity as a lawyer. Yes. Right. From the moment this happened. And then I kept thinking, you know, with the prison consultant, the kind of the the whole like, don't be funny and stripping away of pieces of herself, you know, and I kept thinking, I'm like, this is like an like an extreme metaphor, you know, coming to life, this concept that her whole identity will be stripped in prison. And where she has to kind of rebuild and find herself. Little did I know that was just the tip of the iceberg as to where we were heading this week. Right. Jeez, they really like stripped it down hard. I honestly like I I'm I, I can't even put into words how blown away I was by this. You know, like we we've had episodes dedicated to a character, you know, and clearly they've all been quite different. They take the time to explore their origin story, essentially. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the really core aspects of that character. Sonny had his time, and then you have this one with Alexis, and it was different. The way it was presented, yes. the timeline during that day, like I cannot begin to explain how beautiful it was, that it was personalized to Alexis, that, you know, watching the way they decided to dive into her character to put everything together. I just think it was such a wonderful way after 25 years as an honor to the character Alexis to really give us that full, full picture like, I just can't even begin to put into words. And, like, even before I knew what was to come, and I only had watched a couple of seconds. So I was sitting on the couch, mm-hmm. and it starts with the opera singing and the watch. And immediately, yes. I really was in awe. Like, I literally was, like, I actually felt, like, taken aback. And I was like this, wow. Like, the opera, <laughs> the watch. So for me, and I'm like, it set the tone of wow just a little bit. But then I felt like the tone of wow was taken away when Sam entered the scene. Because then she started making those elements super explicit. Like, she was narrating to the audience. Hey, that music? <laughs> Is that your mom? Is that your mom's watch? Like, 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 I just felt like when Sam entered the scene, it took me out into that moment. Because if you watch the show and you know Alexis, you're in it, you know? Like, yes. you're, you're caught up. You're there. You're there with her. You're ready for this ride. And then Sam walked in. So that's that's how I felt about those first few moments. What was your initial impressions? Oh, I agree. Like, same, like, when the music, it was the music, I think, too, and just the somber look on her face that I, I was like, I was just with her in the room, just looking at her. And you're right, Sam just completely broke the scene. And what killed me the most was when she's like, I don't even like opera, but this is great. I, I- 
I totally forgot about that, but it was really jarring because I'm like, it's your grandmother. Like, what? what? Like, it was so weird. It's like, it's your mom's mom. Her mom was murdered. It's a tragic story. You know what I mean? Like and the she, opera. Like, there's just so much good stuff there. And she's like, what else? <laughs> I don't really like opera. Like, it was just so casual for mm-hmm. what for what it was and, like, a lack of recognition that while this woman might have been a stranger to you, there was such a disconnect with the fact that this woman at the end of the day is your mother's mother. I mean, you do know what it is to be a mother and have one, right? <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, you get the connection here. So that was a little um, off-putting, if you will. It was. I expected a little more curiosity into yes. it, as opposed to like her just exactly that narrating the situation than leaving. Yes, but she left, and everything got to... <laughs> everything got better. <laughs> everything got to unfold. So I couldn't help but think of you, because, you know, you say this a lot. You know, you, you often refer to Alexis's friends as the men in her life. Um, mm-hmm. And it is interesting, this concept that, like, just generally, even before going to the visual of, of, of that episode, but just this concept that we know she has this ongoing trouble with the men in her life romantically but mm-hmm. incidentally the closest people to her are men like male friends and so yes. when I was watching the show I, I have nothing to say about that I don't know <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I don't know but I just <laughs> it's an observation if anybody can make sense of that uh, feel free also by the way um while it was interesting to see her with all the men in her life all at once so just the visual was really interesting right all the significant yes. people you had Jax, Valentine, Ned, and Finn. But what I also noticed that was a funny thing was that because Valentine walks in last, and then yes. it occurred to me that Valentine has like a not so great history with each of the men at that table. Exactly, it was the best ever. It was the best, and he doesn't care though. Like he doesn't care. No. <laughs> so I thought that was really funny, but. Um, I have to admit, uh, as I was progressing through the episode, I just felt like the one person missing in the whole saga was Diane. I know. And that's exactly what I wrote. So Christina's there, not in, you know, and, but where's Diane? Like you're missing a crucial person who was a part of her, uh, what do you call the thing when they tell people that you're drinking and you need to stop? Intervention. Intervention. Okay. <laughs> Friday brain. <laughs> but yeah, it's like you're missing a crucial part to this. And I don't know if they did that for emphasis for exactly that, just to learn about you know, how these men took part in the different phases of her life and what they still mean to her. I also thought it was interesting how they tied okay. in. Um, like, okay, when Valentine walked in and he said that he was the one that made the statement about how brave she was and that kind of united them. But he yeah. said some, he said almost like exactly the same thing that Molly did. So even though they butt heads, him and Molly said the exact same thing to her. What did he say? <laughs> he was just saying, uh, you know, that she was brave and that he very much respected her because she was kind of going in with like head down, basically like I made a dumb decision and I did a dumb thing. And he's like, no, you did a really brave thing and you did a great thing and you're standing up for what you believe in. Oh, and that yes. amazing. Okay, you're giving me goosebumps because like hearing it now and knowing sort of the three words she uses to describe herself, like I could see how it all like gels and fits together. But going back to just that element you brought up, it was really you know, kind of jarring watching and realizing that she never thought she'd end up in jail. Right? 
So that was like, I don't know, it was hard for me to swallow too, just like it was for Alexis. Because, you know, we watched the show, we watched that she made this decision, and we all saw what happened. We were all a little shocked, but it's almost like I felt even worse knowing that. I did too. And I'm fast forwarding a little bit. We'll still, you know, delve into what we need to. But when they flashed to her in her prison suit attire yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you call it. it it was very jarring like you said like I wasn't ready for that I thought maybe they would do it the next episode I didn't Me think too. they would Me show too. it at the end so it really was like it was so impactful the way they did that and how they ended it and what it led to <sighs> but seeing her walk down that hallway like I have goosebumps now like saying it out loud but it was just it was a lot it was intense just because I was feeling what she was feeling in that moment is what it felt like that was a lot of feelings <laughs> no but that's exactly it it's so hard to put into word the impact that that one episode has like regardless of how you feel about Alexis or how her stories have been going lately like you cannot deny how well put together that was and the level of understanding that you walked away with from that episode and how hard it was to watch her go from what she was to where she is now that was hard it was almost like the stripping away of herself and the vulnerability mm. and the scariness and the fear of going to jail I feel like we were all feeling that along the way watching her journey and then landing there with her it was scary because how many people go to jail in a very uneventful way you know what I mean like right. Jason's gone to jail Sam's gone to jail like I can like, honestly aside from Alexis the only other time someone went to jail where I feel like the weight of it was when Michael went to jail yes absolutely that's exactly what I thought too and so with Alexis, like the prison consultant watching her get her affairs in order, we typically don't see that. We literally see like a court proceeding. Now the court proceedings are in a fancy new courtroom. <laughs> um, I don't know if they're preparing for more court cases. And then they're in jail. Like today, we saw Jason in jail. Meh. Uneventful. Right? <laughs> right, Yes. So there was, yeah, there was just such weight and heaviness placed on it. And we learned some other things overall in that episode, just like on a lighter note was Charlie's was still open. Yes, I was so excited to find that out. And that it's Ava's and that Christina is always going to have a job so we know where she's going to work. So that was really interesting to me. Like, so, like honestly, a lot of, I don't know, there's just a lot of things lately that I'm like, are they listening? Because <laughs> it's, it's, I, I just feel that, you know, there are times where let's say they drop the ball on stuff, but I find this week and in Alexis's episodes, a lot of tiny little details have been picked back up. Like the simple yes. connection with Christina and Julian and the bar, right? Just that simple connection that I felt wasn't like, I just felt that was dropped. Also a little freaked out by the fact that like you'd hire a guy that dresses like your brother, your oh, dead brother. But also guys a poor man, Julian. Let's, let's... <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You're right. Not dressing like her brother, but it was just like the look. Obviously, that was necessary, right? Yeah, I know. But I was like, that is a poor man's Julian, and get out. <laughs> it was, it was weird, and it's creepy. It's creepy. Not only for the people who loved him, but for just customers who were just regulars. I think it's creepy. It's super creepy. But okay, just getting back to Christina for a second because I'm going to yes. tie it into the bar. We're also um, forgetting about her. Damn it. Okay. <laughs> So yes, she, we know that she has a place there always, but I also love that she explained why she wasn't at the courtroom because we talked about that. Like, how yeah. can she not be there? Like, where the heck is she? So she explained where she was. And then, okay, so you know how Julian, he had his apartment upstairs. Do we think Christina will live there as opposed to in Alexis's house? Damn. Because that would be cool. 
That would be really cool. Wow, because that would put her, oh my gosh, I don't know why I'm thinking about this, but it's like, mm-hmm. It's very Mike-esque, you know what I mean? Because I was I, like, mm-hmm. I know I, I know I'm jumping a little bit, but it's just the mm-hmm. fact that if Christina lives there, it just creates because we've we've seen that in the show, like especially with Kelly's, like how a place gets really closely tied to a person. Yes. Um, and for a long period, like while there have been many people, even Sean, who took charge of Kelly's over time, mm-hmm. you know, Mike was a person for years. And I, I don't know why, but it, I flashed to Mike. So I just think it's kind of cool. You know, the concept of Charlie's being attached to um, Christina moving mm-hmm. forward as opposed to Julian. But what will come with all of that, though, is perhaps a relationship with Ava. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it is her sister's mom. and. If it is anybody... her sister's mom. Yes. Okay, I'm, I'm following. <laughs> right? So it's like, you know, and I and that's, that's the thing about Christina. She was able to develop a relationship with Julian. It would be really kind of interesting if Ava, I mean, while she is she got along better with Sunny, it would be interesting if she actually had another ally in the family. Because oftentimes Ava kind of tries to go through Michael, if you will, mm-hmm. as, you know, consider the reasonable one with the family. So I don't know. It would be interesting to see what that's like for Ava to like get along with a Corinthos. You know what I mean? Like she had a relationship with Morgan. If anybody is close to Morgan or like him or similar like him, it would be Christina. So that'd be interesting. That would be. And I like Ava's character and personality and how she's developed over the years. Um, You know, Laura's asking her to watch over Nicholas and make sure that he makes the right decision. Like who would have thought that was coming? But Christina needs somebody like that because she doesn't always hear what (gasps) her family has to say. But Ava has a way of wording things to make her hear, I feel. Like she doesn't well, need yeah. Not only with Nina, but the way she is with Trina. True. And Christina. And that's her <laughs> well, play. <laughs> <laughs> but oh my gosh, that is so striking because both her parents will be absent. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that could be the adult in her life. That Ooh, I, I mean, look, that's, love it. It, it's just it's interesting considering the history of Ava and the Corinthos family, and also just a demonstration of how far Ava has come. But like, I mean, look, I love the relationships that Ava develops; are always fun to watch. So I would, yeah. So more than just more Christina, more than just Christina at Charlie's, I kind of am into a Christina Ava bond. And Ava might need it after, like, <laughs> when Nina comes back and um, oh, dear. learns yep. about her her stuff and all that. So that that was a light note um, in the whole thing, the whole Charlie's scenes. And mm-hmm. it was very sweet to come to learn that, you know, like you said, while it was too hard for Christina to show up to the courtroom, she she is the one who is behind the, you know, mini graduation ceremony. Yes, that was so awesome. What a great idea. And I love that the guys came back for it too and they're doing those selfies. Like it was a really nice, lovely moment. I'm like, where the heck is TJ? Well, like, I mean, I think we know the answer is irrelevant for this. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> this whole thing. Love TJ, but you know, not for this. They did a great job with who was there. And okay, so before we get into the deep, heavy stuff, and I said this earlier, you know, it felt like lately they're picking up on little details that were dropped. And one, I think, big detail that was brought up and introduced by Valentine. So a reminder, Valentine mm-hmm. was the one to have returned that watch to Alexis. Yes. And many moons ago, that watch was a topic that we talked about in one of our podcast episodes about what it meant, the fact that the Mm -hmm. watch was stopped. We talked about this 
and legit they never picked up on it like they never <laughs> you know what I mean like they had a whole episode kind of focusing on this watch and then we never talked about it again no questions about that was resolved so you know I was kind of I was really happy you know picking back up on that detail about the watch you know like the fact that the connection with Valentine that he's the one who you know brought it back to Alexis and the fact that we finally got the full story so that leads us to the dark stuff and her choice to go see Kevin on her last day of freedom I just want to get back to the watch a quick second also the yeah. emphasis on it being <laughs> with it being frozen like I love um, yes. it a couple of times like you got it fixed it's still not working. You got to fix it. I'm like, okay, okay. Focus on the watch mouth. Focus on when the watch. But, but don't work. you remember, but don't you remember? That's what we talked about the last time. Yes. So you know what I mean? The last, the, when they brought up the watch initially, when she got it, it was a fact that it was frozen in time, but they actually gave the time it was frozen the last time. And that's what you and I had been debating in a previous podcast. Like, what does it mean? What is the significance? Mm-hmm. And like I said earlier, like, you know, what was the significance of that? And then it was completely dropped. So all I have to say for now anyway was that it was picked back up beautifully. Oh, my God. Amazing. Okay, Kevin. Holy Kevin. Yeah. He therapized the shit <laughs> out of Alexis. <laughs> that should be a bumper sticker, a hashtag. I don't know. <laughs> man like at one point he's like you know what's going on with you like like is everything okay like he was like checking in on her and there was a moment where she was like no no no, like it's nothing and I'm like it's nothing you see a small <laughs> child in the corner of his office like you you feel there's nothing to report there <laughs> all right and so okay so for me it was interesting because I really really felt like I was in it in that episode and it I don't know about you but like did you have a reaction to just seeing Alexis as a child right because in those scenes you know she was the child and just kind of going so far back did you have a reaction to that of course it was hard not to like I don't know if it's just because we've seen Alexis, especially when like did the flashbacks at the end, like we've seen Alexis on this show forever. And Wasn't that shocking? Wasn't that yes. shocking to see that and be like, yeah, yeah, it's when I used to to watch it. Like you know, like because like when we watch General Hospital, sometimes they show these really old clips, but that was like before our time. And it's like yep. look at that super old <laughs> clip. Look at that super old flashback. And it's so weird watching a soup soap opera and being like, oh. I'm that person who watched it that long ago. It's freaking insane. And that's why it had so much more impact. We've seen her grow and change and be challenged and how she's dealt with her daughters and what being pregnant and having children meant for her. Yeah. And just to see her as a kid, yeah, it was really hard because you're just you know, we both have kids and it was just difficult to watch those scenes. At first, I have to admit, because it was a little bit blurry. That mm-hmm. I was like, is Sam playing her mom? <laughs> like, I wasn't sure. <laughs> I wasn't sure who it was, but I am glad that they were like a different and random characters. So, so watching all of that was just intense, you know, kind of understanding because the, like her early history was always sort of there. It mm-hmm. was a couple of sentences, if anything. Her mom was an opera singer. 
you know, she was like Mikos's mistress, if that's his mm-hmm. name, and uh, Helena killed her. Like, that's all we know. But it's just to have that visual of understanding what her life was like. You know what I mean? It was really just a life of her and her mom, you know, mm-hmm. her father coming in and out. And so that was really interesting to have those little gaps filled up of what her re- life really constituted, but also watching her and realizing that there was a lot more to that story. Definitely a lot more of that story, but also how it reflects in her life. Take her dad out of it. Like we'll get into mm-hmm. that, but just that, you know, she has three daughters and their dads come in and out of their lives. So like just oh, the wow. mirroring of all of that. And, you know, yes, they're together for special moments and they trust each other and all that, but it was just really interesting to see what her life became, not only from what her father did and how she lets men treat her, but what her life currently is with her daughters and the fathers. Okay. Okay, that's really interesting. So when I was watching, so before that they really like hash things out, like when it, it struck me when she said that she punished herself a lot mm-hmm. and that she was an advocate. So in those moments, she started to use those words and then it was revealed that she watched her mom be abused. And, you know, so there was that, you know, we yes. watched her sort of beat herself up for not having done more. But then I end up then like this was a, so I had this thought before, but later on, we come to see that she did stop it right? Like she did stop it. She, she eventually did get up and she did sort of stop everything. But, but just knowing that like right away, it started to like, like you said, you're, you're, you're putting the pieces together of what did this early life experience mean for the rest of her life. And it kind of made sense to me. Like you felt you couldn't save your mother. So you keep punishing yourself in your life as you got older. But at the same time, there's a strong feeling inside of you that wants to fight for others and advocate. And you found a way to kind of do both those things. And it's like, and it, and like, you know, the concept that you were frozen in time, you were frozen in time in that moment, a moment where you were conflicted between, you know, lacking power and wanting more and wanting to advocate and wanting to be able to save somebody. And also the emotions of feeling bad that you couldn't do more. And all of those feelings in that moment were frozen in time and created such a mark in her life to come. So good. So damn good. So that was really insane. And so even more so as it was further teased apart and, and, and everything. And I think that in addition to just the remarks that Kevin made. So again, those three words that kept coming up, seeing herself as a fighter, an idealist and an advocate. So that too mm-hmm. was also a thing um, in part of her session. But I mean, my gosh, I had to rewind it to watch it again. When Kevin told her, whether it was by luck or fate, it's interesting that you use those three words. And then he referenced her daughter. And we saw that visual, that picture of all three of her daughters. I'm having goosebumps again. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. On one side of my body. Um, So of Sam as the fighter, Christina as the idealist, and and, and uh, Molly as the advocate. And it was just mm-hmm. so beautiful where it comes full circle, like in the sense that he pointed out finally, because her identity has been a thing, right? I- I'm flashing back to the gym when she was talking to Sam about not being a lawyer and they bumped into Brando. Like it's been a long time that we've been talking about her identity as a lawyer and who is she without it. True. And to and then to come to this moment where she's sitting there with Kevin and realizing 
she she is someone you know what i mean to kind of find that identity you are those things lawyer or not it's deeply ingrained in you and to get her to a place where she finally can have an identity that wasn't attached to a career but finally seeing those values in within herself so so uh. that so that in itself was special mm -hmm. but i mean even more impactful and even more incredible was the moment she went over to talk to her younger self. Like cry. Like I, I didn't think it would affect me the way it did, but it very much did. Like I very much teared up. It's hard. because, like, you just, you're watching this grown woman who's destroyed, trying to rebuild herself, helping her younger self. Like it was, Oh, I'm getting all worked up now. <laughs> but it, exactly. It was beautiful because it's so easy to be kind to a child than it is to, an adult meaning yes. yourself and so the fact that she was able to look at her child self it was so much easier to say all the things that she deserved to hear and to to say you know what i mean mm -hmm. like just that imagery makes it a lot easier for all of those things to, to flow and to come out so i i it was just beautiful hearing her say these loving things to herself realizing everything that she said right that she deserved yes. more that she shouldn't have been burdened with all of that. So I, I don't know, I can't even say more than that. It, it was a lot, but it, it was so, so impactful. And I know for sure that that scene in itself touched a lot of people. Like just the storytelling was incredible. You know what I mean? It's one of those stories like with the whole Mike storyline, the, the, yes. the story of grief, for instance, that was something a lot of people connected with. And there was something so intimate and naked and vulnerable about that mm. scene that I know for a fact that so many people connected with that. Like, I, I, again, I am just so impressed with what they did with the Alexis episode because it was more than just an Alexis episode. Like, I can't even begin to describe how well that story was told. Oh, and I how, agree with right? everything you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. And so let's get to it. Oh my God, the watch was so freaking amazing. So like when I was there, like I was stunned, okay? <laughs> so like, we, so you talk about beginning to feel those intense feelings. So, you know, as the, as we near the end of the episode, we see all of those flashbacks yes. and then, um, not only that, the scenes of her in jail. So again, that was really hard to digest. Like this is happening. Like this is really happening here. And we see her go in, we see the fear. Like, it's almost like when they're closing the doors behind her now, what, mm -hmm. right? There's no one beside me. There's nobody accompanying me. I'm on my own now. And then it was really interesting. And it, like, I mean, look, it made so much sense. The fact that she walked in and her cellmate, like, and you saw the law books that I feel like immediately you kind of knew where this was going. Yes. But it was still amazing. And I don't know, but it made me feel better for Alexis. You know what I mean? That Because, you know, the whole finding your purpose, that she'd be okay. That, you know, that is her currency and that will be her currency in jail. Exactly. And that's what I felt too. It's like my emotions calmed when she was calm. Because she went in there. She, it was like a timid confidence. But yet there was still confidence. And she knew and trusted in the fact that this is what she's capable of and this is how she can help this person. And I was like, okay, okay, we're good. She's good. Everything's good. It's going to be okay. Oh my gosh. Yes. And so then after that, they freaking punch us in the gut again. Not only were they doing <laughs> this the entire freaking episode, slamming us with amazingness and emotions and all of this stuff, we come back to this watch. And this is why I posted it today because literally I was left stunned and 
speechless at the end of the episode. So to see the watch on the desk, as you said, repeatedly Mm -hmm. described as stuck, not working, and then to watch it tick, I can't even, I can't even. I was like, oh my God, (laughs) Alexis is unstuck. She's no longer frozen in time. Her life is beginning. It's so incredible. Like, But isn't that crazy the way that this was presented? Her life is beginning in jail. You know what I mean? Like just the fact that like, oh, how do I, I don't even know how to say this, but just the fact that I guess she, Alexis kind of said the sentiment that I'm trying to get across is that mm-hmm. she's never felt, let's say, more free or calm. Like at one point she says something to that effect to Sam. Like you yes. don't have to worry about me. I'm at peace. So this concept that like inner peace and freedom is sort of something that transcends context, if you will, that it's yes. something that comes from within. So there was just something just so freaking incredible about all that. That was really well said. Way better. <laughs> I, I, I can't. I, I can't. I need to talk about something stupid. I need to talk about Molly. <laughs> I need to talk about the fact that, like, I've never heard of midnight thumpers. I need to talk about the fact that she thinks her neighbors are moving furniture in the middle of the night. I know. <laughs> I was like, what is, what is happening? What is happening? Like, I, I don't get it. But how did you feel when um, Alexis offered her house to her girls that I want you guys to all live here? I was just like, this is interesting. Again, again, I have to say that part of me is like, I don't understand what's happening. Like, like the fact that, I, like, 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 basically, this is me just having a hard time accepting the fact that, like, Alexis will be in jail. Like, I, yeah, I, again, I, I don't know what to feel or think about that because I don't know, I guess we're, we're used to a certain format, like the character is on and if they're going to jail, it means they're leaving. And if they're staying mm-hmm. there, then what, you know what I mean? So I think that we're getting confused between story and I guess our expectations, Yes. but at the same time, again, we've talked about this. There's been so much shakeup on the show and I'm not just talking about, let's say characters we love leaving, but a shakeup in the sense that literally, I literally felt like someone picked up the set of GH, shook it around, <laughs> and all the characters are talking to different people. And I can't say that I hate it. And when Alexis suggested this idea of Christina living with Molly and TJ, I was like another shakeup that is interesting to me. But it looks like a no-go with Christina. <laughs> it looks like a no-go, but a lot of things this week for like half a second, I had all these ideas and then they disappeared or got crashed. So <laughs> um, <laughs> so I could just picture because TJ is so goofy and he would have to be kind of like the moderator between the two of them to kind of always lighten the situation. So we would have got to see him play that up a little bit more. So I would have, I thought that would have been really interesting. Oh, okay. Now I'm so sad. Like now, <laughs> that's how I felt this week. So sad, now, happy, sad, happy. <laughs> I feel like you offered me something magnificent and just ripped it away because, <laughs> because look, you know, Christina is a force, right? And yes. I think she would add something really crazy to Molly and TJ's <laughs> relatively background life um because that's how they're reflected Basic on the show. Life. <laughs> in, in the, they're always in the background, right? Yeah. And so, and I mean, look, I didn't have a a thought as great as yours the only passing thought I had was okay so if Christina is close in proximity to Molly then we'll see her on screen right like that's our (laughs) loophole like we'll get to see her but I would definitely love that I would I can understand Christina feeling the third wheel but I feel Mm -hmm. like it would give life to all of their characters yes right 
and create potential for a lot more story if they were to interact. But who knows? Molly has his house. It's their mom's house, a comfortable place. You know, maybe Christina would go back and forth between the house and the bar. That's me just writing what I want to <laughs> That's That's what's going down there. But yeah, freaking Molly gets a house. She's like, yeah, I'll talk to Tina. That sounds amazing. Rent free for three years in this big old house. <laughs> it's like, wow, where a guy died, but whatever. It's still a good deal. <laughs> so true. <he's> like, <laughs> so talking about good deals, you're talking about the new court setup. I'm like, okay, is it because Molly's graduated? Is she actually going to be working on cases <gasps> and we're going to see it? If they're like she's the mini Alexis right now, you know what I mean? Right. You're right, because she graduated. And so she's really? gonna be she's a grown-up now. Cause I'm like, this is <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because they said something she's gonna work or intern at the DA's office. Oh, I didn't catch that, but yes, yes, it's coming back, it's coming back. Oh, and then she even said it to Nicholas, Molly can represent you or something like that. Right. Like, you always oh my need gosh. a lawyer. And that's, oh yeah, okay, so oh my gosh, now that you're saying this, in that moment when Alexis said that, I was like, that's really interesting, because it would be funny to see, like, maybe Nicholas develop that connection with Molly and that Alexis-Nicholas dynamic. You know, for her to embrace her Cassidyne self. Because remember a long time ago, she's like, yes. I'm going to research Cassidyne things. And then, like, like most stuff. With- Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, who are you again? I don't think we need extras today, is what that um, <laughs> felt like. So maybe we're going to get to see Molly embrace more that Cassidyne self. Well, I guess Christina, too. That She's also... They're all cast at eyes. Never mind. Yeah, Moving yeah, on. Yeah. But I guess Moving on. It's good. It's good. Moving <laughs> on. Moving on. So, <laughs> but I like that idea that Molly got a set in the whole courtroom because that was beautiful. But speaking of sets, like, real fast, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is it just me? But, like, were you soups confused to see Willow in that room that that you thought that I thought that we thought I'm assuming we share the same brain that was renovated like was that not the room that was closest to the entrance I was so confused I made so many notes I was staring at the room I had to rewind because I wasn't listening to what they were saying I'm like where the f are they (laughs) I'm like is this like one of those things like the matrix where she's living (laughs) in another alternate universe like where the house was never renovated like this is a new timeline because <laughs> it felt like it <gasps> maybe it was representative jeez <laughs> so stupid because like because in that room that's the room where it's like you have like the back entrance right and it's connected to the main entrance like when you open it that was like the front entrance and I kept flashing back and I'm like I'm confused I remember when Brooklyn returned to the show she looked through a window from the terrace <laughs> but it was the new room and the new room is connected to the end like I was literally I couldn't even listen to what Willow was saying because I was like where, where are you are you here is this my imagination? So yeah, so, so so that was something. And then it's like, whatever, that whole scene with her and Chase, and he's like, the fact that you love me again, she's like, sure, 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 sure. It's like, what are you doing? This is this is what I so mean. Bad. This is what I mean. Willow and Michael will look worse. They didn't cheat, yep. but it but it's stupid as F. Like what happened here? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like while Sasha and Chase did what they did and it hurt, you guys lied to yourself and then pulled them in. 
Because yep. you and Michael were playing this little game. It's like, I like you, but I don't want to say. Do, can you like me? I'm waiting for you to say it first. Because you guys were playing your messed up little game. You created like this, you know, I mean, look, Sasha's different than Chase. She sees reality. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so that's her, that's her strength. Um, <laughs> her superpower. <laughs> and so it's super sad, right? And then when Sasha walked in, she's like, oh my gosh, am I interrupting? It's like, no, Sasha, you get to walk in and stomp around and be like, what guys, what's happening? What? And she's so nice and respectful. She's like, Willow, oh, like no. I miss, I miss our friendship. And it was just insane. And like, look, I have to admit, the whole breakup conversation between her and Michael was very grown up. I kind of agreed with it all. But I really couldn't help but think like, Michael, like the pettiness inside of me, because like Sasha's super grown, like she's super mature. She's super wise. She's super like, love you. We had to try. And I'm just like, you didn't need to pursue her. You knew and you pursued Mm -hmm. her anyway. So I was mad at Michael for her. I agree. I didn't like any of it, you know, like, especially with the fact that she's recovering and that she is, she went through a really hard time. That is not the person you just kind of mess around with and see if it may or may not work. It was very disappointing. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I love Sasha's directness. Like, I love- I, you know what I mean? Like, I love her directness because it's never mean. She's really just putting it out there. And it really broke my heart when she said, the way you look at Willow is the way that you used to look at me. And I'm like, oh, dagger to the heart. Dagger oh, to the heart. Mayday. Sorry. I didn't. <laughs> Mayday? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I just pictured her running into the arms of a shirtless Brando for him to console her. Even though she's not that girl. She's not that girl. No. It's a, it would be okay. I'd be okay with that. Um, well, I think, it, it, like, in the back of her mind, it's like, there are abs out there. Like, there are right? other abs out there. And I don't know. Abs, not like, other uh, abs. Abs. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was being kind. But, the, but what offended me was when Michael tells, like, first of all, like, all of this Michael, like, let's get divorced. Let's, um, let me make decisions for us. And then he's all like, oh, now that I'm dating Sasha, I'm going to be a front with Willow? And then he says to her, like, you know, I realized when I was talking to Sasha that your opinion means more to me than hers. I was offended. I was like, yeah, who are you to talk about my Sasha like that? <laughs> I was so upset. And even earlier, it was just interesting when you take that comment and you juxtapose it to, like, Brando saying, hey, I respect you. Yes. As a human, living, breathing person. And I thought, (laughs) due to our connection, even though we haven't slept together or had an intimate relationship, (laughs) that I want to be honest and truthful with you. And then she, and then in my head, I was like, oh, what about Michael? And then she's like, did Michael know? And I mean, (laughs) when you look at both side by side, I mean, there you have it. Yep. There you have it. There's no, there's no questioning it. And we knew that they had to go down this path. So Sasha would be, Sasha would be really sure. I think she just needed that closure. And look, granted, I think maybe all of them needed to be sure that mm-hmm. that you can't go back, basically. I no, think everybody, can't go back in I, time. I think everybody needed to kind of accept the reality of what was set in motion and that we just have to keep moving. So I, I do agree with that, but I'm still annoyed and I'm still mad because um, <laughs> and, 
I mean, <laughs> Sasha, so, so while, yes, you know what I mean? Like, Michael didn't tell her, and he might have his reasons, right, that she would understand. I also think what's also true is that it's just about how you place that person. And at the end of the day, even if Michael had his reasons for maybe not remembering, not thinking to tell Sasha, the point is she is important to Brando, right? Yes. So, I mean, they're going to have a thing. And also, I was kind of sad for Brando. And I may have mentioned this before. So, is he just stuck working with Cyrus forever? Because, like, oh Jason's, my ar- gosh. Jason's arrested. So, is this it? Is this his life? <laughs> <laughs> well, my God. And I felt so bad for him because, one, he obviously has no friends. And he's talking to Cyrus like a human. I'm like, whoa, whoa. What are you doing here? Like, he's not your friend. Like, him fighting about the whole Gladys Valentine thing. And then... Cyrus talks to him like he's a worm on the floor about being a chauffeur and not being helpful. I was like, how is this guy going to get out? But then I'm thinking maybe Sasha is going to be the one that helps him get out. Yeah, like not even Carly, because like, no. she, like, cause you know what I mean? Like, she's the she's the last point person on this plan, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. That was acknowledged at Sonny's funeral, where she's like, "Hey, Brando," defending him to Christina, being like, "You don't know. He's working for us, except nothing's happening." <laughs> and we can't do anything for him but technically he's trying to help us like I don't know I just feel bad because now Brando's frozen in time get him a watch get him a watch <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I'm upset that Cyrus is on to Valentine. well I'm upset that Val- like Cyrus is smart he suspects that you know he's questioning Valentine's motives and obviously Peter put it together so kind of Cyrus is making me nervous it's so annoying. It's one of those situations, again, where you want him to get caught and he's one step ahead of everybody, kind of like Peter was for a while. Cyrus continues to be. And it's just frustrating. Like, how long is Jason going to be in jail? I don't like it. I don't like it, but kind of open to it for like a minute. And the reason is the conversation that Laura, that, sorry, not Laura, um, Carly had with Valentine. Like the only thing I wrote in my note essentially was, will Carly start to see Valentine the way that we do? Because mm. if if you can stop attacking him, okay, because that's what happens. Like you have a vision and an idea of Valentine, but in reality, when you talk to the guy, you know, he's respectful. He can focus on the situation. He could put the neatest stuff aside, right? He yeah. can sit there and advise you. He can help you with Gladys. You have a common goal. So I feel like when maybe she has multiple interactions, she might come to value his opinion. And and Valentine has a way of empowering somebody. You know, he doesn't do for you, but he points things out to you. Yeah. Right? And I, and I feel like with Carly, the dynamic being set up, well, the what I noticed in that scene and what I'm wondering if there's more of that to come is that, you know, he dropped the wisdom and mm-hmm. is trying to give her tools and is trying to give her a way to focus herself, focus her energy and, and deal with Cyrus. And it, it is, I am getting a little annoyed with her. Like, you know, I'm going to let Glad, like not Gladys, um, Florence out, like the whole, mm-hmm. like being erratic with Jason. And I get it though. Like, let's just, you know, aside from Carly being Carly, I mean, let's look at the context. Her husband died. She's grieving. Like, yeah. so things, things are really messy. So I do want to give her that. But, 
you know, she's got to find her way and her strength. And I kind of feel like some of that might come with Valentine. So I don't think anything romantic is going to be there. But I do see how it makes sense that they will will be paired together more and they will be in each other's orbit. Because if you contrast that with what's going on on the other show, the Tano. (laughs) Right? Their counterparts are over there. So now, you know, I feel like it makes oh, even more sense. About right. I get it the, now. <laughs> yeah. About the connection with them. I love it. I love it very much because Valentine is a good ally to have for the multitude of reasons that you stated. And he's just got chemistry. So like, it's not like the romantic chemistry. He just has this way of making the whole scene work. And whoever yeah. he's put with to just bring the best out in the scene. Like, it's amazing. I totally agree. And unfortunately, there wasn't much headway made with Gladys this week. Like, he was mm-hmm. able to get so, a number off of her phone. But aside from that, um, not much. No, not much at all. It's, it's a little discouraging, but I understand, like, the story has to unfold a certain way. Right. And, and I'm okay with that. You know, I'm okay if it means, like, more Carly Valentine uh, scenes. But I do want to make this one comment. So, like, yes, he dropped some wisdom. But then... When they were having a talk, Carly just sort of said, like, I'll do whatever it takes. You know what I mean? Adding, if you want Nina back, I'll do that. I'll put it on my list of things to do. And I just thought that was so funny that she would be willing to do that, I guess. I don't know Mm -hmm. if she was even thinking clearly, because maybe in her mind, it's like better him than Jax. To, to, to deal, no, but just right? like everything, she forgets about Jack. It just reminds me to this uh, <laughs> of the scene when he's like, "And by the way, I, I'm here too. I'm here too." It's like, yeah, you are an afterthought for her, <laughs> right? Because we talked about this, how Valentine has kind of made. I mean, look, he's rubbed people the wrong way. The other, <laughs> the other men on the show, quite a few. And mm-hmm. when it comes to Jacks, I can easily see it frustrating Jacks to be like, "Everyone is gone." Sunny's dead. <laughs> Jason's essentially dead. He's in prison. And you're leaning on Valentine? Like, I still don't. <laughs> like, I can see that happening. Like, I can see Valentine occupying that space. But, I mean, look, I think it was a flippant thing. I think it was a desperation. Like, I'll do this for you. Like, this is how much I mm-hmm. want it. But part of me was wondering if Carly would just prefer Nina be with him as opposed to Jack. So she'd have to deal with her as less as possible. But I don't think so. I think it's more what you were suggesting, that she just doesn't factor Jax into any of this. <laughs> um yeah okay so just the peter stuff now so again we got the whole you know everybody plotting yes my god there's so many plans in motion here everybody's got stuff in motion so the first motion plan (laughs) i want (laughs) to get to is maxi so maxi and brit are like actually putting their stuff into motion what are your thoughts I was really kind of disappointed that Britt didn't figure out Brooklyn's situation. <laughs> or she is slowly figuring it out, but, like, in that moment. So we're seeing the plan slowly come together. They're doing a really good job, though. Like, I was really impressed with um, Britt and just, like, keeping her cool and pulling Peter out and all of the things she said to him. Like, their plan was pretty good. It was really good. And me, too. I guess there was, like, so many moments where I'm like, yeah, yeah, like, she knows. And then it just kept going. And I'm like, okay. And then, like, you know, Britt walks out of Brooklyn's room and Brooklyn walks out with the thing. And I'm like, 
Okay, because I thought Britt was calling her on the fact that no one actually saw her. So I yeah. was surprised that Brooklyn was allowed to go, but she figured that whole thing out. But you're right, they're pacing it really well. They didn't just jump to it, and obviously mm-hmm. Britt's going to put it back together and maybe confront Brooklyn, and everything will will essentially come together. But, okay, um, I have to say this about what I observed. So they're there. Anna shows up. Yeah, she's just lurking, but then she had an appointment, apparently. <laughs> so, so I actually love the interaction between Maxie and Anna because I'm like, there we go. Okay, so this is something where I feel like we're diving in deeper and we're getting real. Because while a lot of people gave Anna a pass, you know, mm-hmm. I, I appreciated Maxie's reaction because I think that's more real. Like, we're actually seeing the processing of feelings and not, like, jumping from point A to point B. Because even with uh, with Elizabeth in those scenes today, part of me is like, I feel like we're skipping the grieving. Yes. Right? And, and yes. I mean, look, I, I, we don't, I can't predict the future and maybe we'll see it come out in other ways. But this is what I mean. Sometimes I feel like we're skipping those hardcore emotions. Like, look at the way we got a deep dive and we got to accompany Alexis. And right now with Elizabeth, I don't feel like we're accompanying her all that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with Maxie, just to give you an example of that feeling that they're giving us is that in that moment with Anna, hearing her say things like you, and, like when she said, I have a plan in motion, the fact that she called her on it. Right. In that moment, yeah. Anna couldn't hide behind her hero identity, the one that, you know, pisses off Liesel, if you will. <laughs> um, and so that was stripped away. Like, that's how it felt. In that moment, Anna was naked. She had nothing to hide behind. But the truth of what happened, there was no stories I tell myself to make myself feel better. It was gone. Mm-hmm. And Maxie saying things like bringing up the fact that you endangered my kids and you honestly expect me to wait or count on you and your plans. Look how that's worked out so far. So I, I really appreciated that raw moment between Maxie and Anna. And honestly, <laughs> we saw the plan unfold, right? We see <laughs> Britt talk to Peter. Mm-hmm. We see Peter with Maxie. We see Peter um, granting Maxie the space. We see him yes. saying, like, I will leave you alone. So that's, like, done. Like, done. But then Anna pushes him out. And I feel like almost like she was taking credit for a plan that wasn't hers because she pushes Peter out and starts yelling you need to give her space but he is and I feel like I honestly feel like she was trying to reestablish and retake her role as hero I'm the good one you're the bad one I'm here to protect Maxie when Maxie didn't even want her there when she's not a part of this whole thing that scene anyway. So it felt kind of interesting. Like she walked back in awkwardly, almost trying to take credit and jumping in at the last second to Maxie and Britt's plan. Oh, 100%. She'll salvage whatever piece of it she can. It's kind of like in real life. When you say a joke, nobody hears it. Somebody repeats exactly the same thing and everybody's laughing in the room. It's like, no, no, no. Everything was already set up. <laughs> Do you know? Oh my gosh. You know what it is? Because remember I said when she was talking to Maxie, it was like, the story she tells herself is gone. Like she was stripped down and the facts were there. You, yes. you, you failed Maxie. And so yes. it's almost like when she was in that scene with Peter, she just tried to put back on her armor and she went back to the story she told herself, right? That was more comfortable. Ooh. That's what it feels like. That is absolutely what it feels like. Just because you said it, it's, it's her character and her putting on her mm-hmm. armor. It just reminded me of um, going back to Elizabeth for a quick second. And you yeah. feel that when you said that out loud, it made me think about all the things we've learned about Elizabeth to date. And the fact is, she's not the type to show us her mourning. 
I know. I know. She's going to, you know, like, you know, she told Kevin how she always has to keep it together. And her focus very much right now is her children and just figuring out what's going on with Jason. And I think that is her version of mourning. It's putting her energy in the things that she can and the places she can control. You know what? Like, you're absolutely not wrong. And, the, and like, I watched Grey's Anatomy this <laughs> you week. You can't say I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> you're right you're right no it's just because like what what you're saying is literally what happened yesterday when i was watching Grey's anatomy so in the episode the it's like um um derek's sister i forget her name in the moment anyway so she's taking care of all of meredith's kids so basically yes. she's been taking care of her kids and her own child and for the first time ever all the kids were taken so remember this is the so like there's a lot of chaos going on like the pandemic mm-hmm. meredith's in the hospital and in a coma or whatnot and so anyways so the moment the kids are gone her like partner's all like oh my god we're gonna have so much fun and then she just sat on the stairs and started crying and johnny was just staring yeah. at her and i'm like it's because it's the first time she's had a minute yeah. to breathe to process and so and she has all the kids. So she's like, you're always thinking about the kids so you don't have that time. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like that is so Elizabeth. And she does have, you know, a lot going on in her life. So I do kind of agree with that visual that perhaps this is this is really it, you know, for Elizabeth. That is part of her for character now, and, her, yes. and her story. And she, it was just interesting, her conversation with Finn. Okay. So I just find, okay, I just find like their conversation they had today was interesting in the sense that um, I feel like they touched on bigger themes. Like when Finn told her you're in like a house or family divided and then he talked about his family and I feel like the whole approach with Finn and his family and about trying to heal and mend, I do find they're speaking to a larger picture in the world. That's how I feel. Yes, and, I, and I've yes. said that before, that tone. But there was also something else that she said. And again, I hate saying this because we've come to really appreciate Elizabeth's character. But when mm-hmm. she started pointing out to Finn, for instance, that Cameron is hell-bent on believing <laughs> yeah. Jason did it. And I'm like, okay, but like, why? <laughs> like, why do you think, like, why do you think that is? Because it reminded me of what she did with Jake. So remember, she mm-hmm. lied about Jake Doe's identity. Right. And kept him for herself. And then when they fell apart and he went back to Sam, she was hating on Sam. And then mm-hmm. Jake started to be real messed up with Sam. And it was carrying around a hatred for Sam because she didn't want to tell him the truth about her role. Okay. And the whole thing. So I, it, it really struck me in that other Elizabeth that I've had a problem with in the past. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so the fact that it's twice now, I feel like her strong feelings about things did filter over to her kids and create a bit of a problem. I know Cameron is a little bit older, but it really made me think of that whole storyline with Jake, like how her feelings towards someone really ended up seeping into Jake and the whole thing with Cameron. I don't know. No, I like what you're saying, because in the end, as parents, we see ourselves reflected in our children and sometimes we don't like it. It makes us take a really harsh look in the mirror. And this is eye-opening for Elizabeth. Okay, so also seeing Cameron as like a reflection of herself as well. Interesting. And how her conviction can be just pushed a little bit too much and push people away. (laughs) Oh, even even more. 
stuff going on there. <laughs> but it's like, once again, I felt for Elizabeth, though. I'm like, mm-hmm. again, Carly, your conversations with oh, Elizabeth goodness. don't mm-hmm. mean anything. Like, I don't understand. Jeez, like, please. I know that you want Elizabeth to, like, believe, but the woman believes. The woman is questioning. And I just feel like, you know, Carly tends to be a real direct person. And... <laughs> Like everyone but Elizabeth knows who actually killed her husband. And I feel like who's going to be the one to have the decency to maybe say it to her? Right. Like break it down for her. Let her understand why you're feeling this way. Like level up your conversational a bit instead of like repeating yourself constantly. Exactly. Because Elizabeth, you know, had her flashbacks of her conversations with Peter. She realizes that there's some kind of underlying motive, but she doesn't know. So I feel like if Carly were to tell her, she'd piece it together. But at the same time, the point is that Carly and Laura and a few people Mm -hmm. are are acting like Elizabeth's beliefs that she plays a a critical role in this whole thing. And again, even Laura, when she was talking with Scott, Mm -hmm. (laughs) poor Scott, trying to explain that was the best, the best. It was so funny, but it was just like, even Laura referred to Elizabeth as a witness, but I'm like, oh, witness, because she was there, but she wasn't a witness to the murder. She She was was... a witness to the body? I don't know. Right. That's what I mean. So I was like, this is so bizarre, because you have, like, Jason and Diane being like, whatever, like, you can dispute this, she didn't actually see anything, and then you have other people where it's like, well, Elizabeth saw this happen, and Elizabeth believes this happened, and I'm just like... So what's the deal, guys? Like, what's the actual deal? But anyways, I have to say, so going back to what I was saying earlier about everything being, like, shook up a little bit and Mm -hmm. people pairing with, you know, paired up and helping people in an unlikely way, like the way that Valentine and Carly were paired up when Scott went to go see Jason. That was... That was weird to see, like, the level of conversation, how he was trying to communicate that he wants to help him, but in his own weird Scott way. Oh, I love it. When he left, Laura was all like, I'm going to use my, like, I'm like, what do you mean? Like, legal skills for good or for yourself? And I'm like, what? And then basically telling Jason, let me know what gray zone thing you need from me. And so I love I loved his conviction because, you know, it's about, you know, helping Jason, helping Franco, but it is about doing, and again, giving Scott a little bit of purpose too, about fulfilling Franco's wish, which was make sure that Jason doesn't go down for anything. Exactly. So I love that all these unlikely people are coming together to bring Peter down and to save Jason. Yeah, so that that's the thing. I didn't know what was going on because I kind of forgot for a second that Jason had a lawyer. So when Scott was like, I'm going to help get you out, I was like, yes. And I was like, wait a second, how? <laughs> she tried and she's a good lawyer. So for a split second, I'm like, oh man, he's getting out. I'm like, no, he's not. So I, I don't know what's going to happen there, but I'm liking it. And also with Laura too, um, the, the whole thing with Spencer, she got flowers from him. Yes. So again, very possible that Spencer is this person messing with Ava. His name has been coming up a lot. I know. I would just, oh, we, I just don't want to see him in that role. But he has to embrace his inner Cassidine. And maybe these are just, you know, those steps to do that. I think so. And I think, look, I mean, if the guy stays on the show, if he comes in and he's there for like a good period, I do think he'll come around to Ava because let's remember they had a relationship. So it's really about him getting past his anger, right? Because his anger and his pain is linked to, you know, his dad faking his death as well. 
and yes. feeling betrayed. And again, I don't know what this means for Valentine because Valentine's been doing really great, but a lot of his villainy, a lot of the reasons I really didn't like him was how because of the way he treated Spencer and the way he was threatening him. True. So like Spencer's presence will kind of remind me about the parts of Valentine I don't like. So I kind of wonder what will go down there. Because remember, Valentine's a huge reason Spencer's not on the show. Well, sorry, not in Poor Charles. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, okay. So again, with some Laura stuff, I we, how did you feel when Cyrus like was like, knock, knock, knock. Hey, sister. He, well, he gives me the heebie-jeebies anyways, but the fact that he is watching her and that he waits until Kevin leaves and just his persistence in trying to say that they're the same person and not understanding that she does not have the power that he thinks to get his mother back. Like, it is just, it's so frustrating. Like, I don't even know how to handle him sometimes. It is frustrating, and I find that was going around a lot this week, this concept of, like, people not really fully understanding who has the power to do what exactly. So, right? again, Cyrus is is pressuring Laura, but he's also pressuring a lot of other people. Like, he's using any avenue he can, really, to, to mm-hmm. find his mother. But how did you feel about her scream? It threw me off, to be honest, because he's done a lot worse things and said a lot worse things. Like, remember when uh, he got released from prison and he kind of, like, got really close to her by the wall? Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember that scene. She didn't scream then. (laughs) I would have screamed then. (laughs) I know. And I just feel like there's a lot of underlying terror and tension. And that's, like, kind of coming out. It was interesting rewatching it multiple times because, again, it was super lots <laughs> to take it and to watch that like Nicholas never flinched at all in that whole situation but again for me with Laura I guess this is you know what's happening I think is we're watching what Martin is sort of saying that Cyrus hmm. is trying really hard to get into her head and he is there in a certain way because like it's like I don't understand you're, you're screaming and holding on to Nicholas for dear life terrified of Cyrus Yet you put your hand on his hand, comforting him and trying yeah. to calm him down in the metric court. So, so weird. It soups messed up, but mm-hmm. then him threatening Alexis Ugh. really bugged the crap out of me because like oh, now yes. I have something else to worry about. That's how I felt about this whole thing. <laughs> I got enough stress in life. <laughs> right? And so, but what, like, so this is going back to the concept of who has the power to do what. Because think about this storyline, right? Nicholas is like, Jason has your mom. Let me find out who your mom, like, how to get your mom from Jason. I'm like, are you mm-hmm. remembering that Alexis is essentially Jason's mother-in-law? Whether he's with yeah. Sam or not, mother-in-law. Jason's in the jail. Jason has contacts in the jails because he's also a mob person. Mm-hmm. His mother, you know, Laura points out today, she has connections in the jail. So, so there. <laughs> so, so that's what's been bothering me about Nicholas, you know, like the fact that he's playing into this because look, he is a Cassidine. He understands the concept of power. Obviously, Alexis is his weak point. This is his like one normal family member that's mm-hmm. cared for him and been compassionate to him in his life. And he wants to do for her you know, what she has done for him. And so there is that, you know, so it just sucks because he's not being full Cassidine. And for a minute, I thought he was because when he kind of tried to threaten Cyrus and says, how do you know, like what I'll do when I get her? 
Yeah. I like I liked I liked that and I wanted a bit more of that but you know like Laura and like Ava I am concerned about where Nicholas is going with this whole thing because there are other avenues right and I guess this is one of those moments where maybe he's being driven by fear and fear has been a theme this week it's yes. been brought up a couple of times yes and so when I see Nicholas being the guy to like attack Cyrus stand up to Cyrus you know threaten his Cyrus's mother like sure I'll get her for you and then what you know and so when I see him do that and then I see him running and like and like Ava when she said are you feeling okay when he's finding <laughs> out where they're making hummingbird cake yes so, then, so to me I'm just like okay well there's a part of him that's totally feeding in totally feeding into his fear here and so yeah I guess that's my problem with that whole thing I'm like logically like Jason is in jail and so is Sean let's not forget and he had a relationship with Alexis and it's a mm -hmm. co-ed jail <laughs> everything's good man <laughs> she's okay and then I started to think like you know with Alexis then basically showing that Alexis is going to use her legal skills which is you know going to come in handy in jail mm -hmm. and helping people it kind of made me wonder I don't know what to expect with the return of Sean, but will Alexis be the one to work on his case? Ooh, that would be interesting. And get him out? So, yeah, that would be kind of cool. I kind of wonder if that's going to be the thing. Is that how he comes back into play? Is it around Alexis? Or is it around is it, Jason? Is it around both? I don't know. Well, just her law, her knowledge of law allows her to commingle with the men's jail it's true what if she becomes like the thing the right, right? like somebody who's like your spokesperson kind of like that show um this is life or for life for life i watched that too mm -hmm. the guy who became a um based on a true story but the guy who became a lawyer like he went sent to prison mm -hmm. he was innocent sent to prison and then he becomes a lawyer in jail whoa and then he starts to try cases for his inmates. That's awesome. Right? Anyway, so that's what I think about when I think of Alexis. <laughs> I think of a new spinoff. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, if that goes down, I may be interested in it. You know what I mean? Like, I may be interested in Alexis's new show. And we'll see how it goes. Between her show, Sunny's show, General Hospital. We'll see how this all goes down. Really getting a bang for my buck here. Okay, so again, Cyrus, threatening, Alexis, all this stuff. And then he was all like, had his eye on Finn at one point. No, it was Peter. Peter no, had his Peter eye did. on Finn. Yes. And then at one, at one point I was like, are you going to kidnap Finn? Like, I was like, what are you going to do <laughs> with Finn? Because even in today's episode when he was being all threatening to Anna and uh, Valentine, they were checking on their children. So yes. again, like me, no one's thinking he'll, he'll go for Finn. <laughs> and and so then he was talking to the waiter and I love how mm -hmm. they did that because that hallway is where a lot of the cast take pictures and posts on social media so it's literally like the, <laughs> the building and then they had that sign to be like we're outside of a restaurant <laughs> <laughs> just in case you didn't know <laughs> yes he's a waiter this guy and so yeah that was real messed up because I'm like <gasps> is 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 the care is the actor playing Finn gonna die for like the fourth time and in my head I was telling myself I'm like I don't know how far this is gonna go 
And if he does die, then I'm convinced that he will come back with Franco as like their original characters. So like um Oh my gosh. Right? Um Manning and um Deep Voice Cop. <laughs> McBain. McBain. <laughs> but but um, things took a turn, took a spin, um, actually. I was gonna... <laughs> yeah, took it right out of my mouth. <laughs> Sorry. So, yeah, so for little Chasey, they did a little spin spin. <laughs> like... Oh, my God. I can't because we keep joking about how he's a child. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It takes me back to this week where, like, Violet's like, I wish I had a brother or sister. I'm like, that's so funny. Like, that scene with her <laughs> yes. and Chase, it was hilarious. <laughs> but, yeah, so the whole restaurant scene, I mean... It was interesting to me, you know, the things that they were choosing to say. And I feel like in the moment where they spun the cup, spun mm-hmm. the cups like in the thing. And like, I was like, oh, bye bye, Gregory. This sucks I know. for you. <laughs> because, <laughs> because he's all like, to what the future holds. He was the one imparting all the wisdom. Uh-huh. He was the one saying all the life stuff. And at the time I was in it, I was like, you know what, Gregory? I really like you. Like, I really. I finally learned your name. So I'm liking this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm liking this. I'm liking you. I'm liking this family moment. And then I was like, oh, you're going to die now. Okay, I see. So like, <laughs> so like, I'm super scared. Like, how traumatizing will that be? Like, I hope he doesn't die because I'm liking this whole, you know, what the I don't even know what their last name is. These Hamiltons. Like, I like what their family is is sort of representative of this concept of healing. Let's work together. Let's try to move past stuff. So I like that. I like yep. it. <laughs> I'm glad you'd like it. And I also loved it because it fed into my wanting to see family therapy. Yeah, but you didn't get the dirt. You got people being like, let's be civil. Let's just move forward. Let's love each other. So I don't think you got the dirt you wanted. No, not the dirt, but I love the dynamic, the setting, the way they're sitting. It kind of reminded me of like, they keep talking about the five families getting together. Well, these are like four individuals who are trying to come together and trying to figure out a way, even though they have common, a common bond with this chase to just figure it out because life is hard and life is messy but how can we still make this work and love each other like it still fed into what I wanted because usually in soap operas it either gets ignored or somebody Mm -hmm. leaves town but they actually sat down and talked about it yeah so this is what I mean about there are certain times where they pick to like go deeper and actually we get to see the processing And not just people jumping from point A to point B so I love what you're saying but I'm also looking at my computer and I'm seeing a note that I wrote, yeah. and all it says is "Lazy Susan" by Greg. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's so good! Oh my gosh, that's so funny. <laughs> um, so we're we gonna talk about the fake baby, or? Oh yeah, I guess. <laughs> 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 yeah. So that so so Brooklyn. So when the whole sushi thing happened, I'm like. I'm like, okay, like, let's dig deep. Okay, let's right? analyze. Notes? I was taking let's... notes. I was like, sushi, cheese. <laughs> you know, this whole conversation, talking about it, is she taking it seriously? Maybe she's mm. not actually pregnant. Like, really digging deep with this. Yeah. And then two seconds later, like, nope, not pregnant. Look, everybody. And I was, I was like, like damn right. it, my detective work didn't go very far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Brooklyn was faking, and that's real messed up, though. Like, real messed up. So because messed now, up. Because now I'm like, did she lie to Lois? Also. 
she must have had to because wasn't she in the hotel room talking to her mom saying, I have to go back? No, she wasn't in the hotel. She was just, I guess, in her bedroom, which looked like a hotel. And she said, I have to go back downstairs. It's too quiet. Which to me was really funny because I'm like, that's you being a mom. Because everybody's questioning her ability to be a mom, but she is a caretaker. She's always in everyone's business. And, you know, a lot of moms say that. A lot of parents say that. The moment you hear quiet, you know, something bad's going down, like her kids are doing dumb shit. So I just thought it was really funny, that moment, because it could not have been a more mom moment. Right. And it's funny because that just happened this afternoon. The kids have their computer at home because we're not sure if they're going back to school or not. And Olivia went to her room to play on the computer. And all of a sudden I look around. I was sitting with Violet. I'm like, where's the other one? I'm like, hey, what are you doing? It's too quiet. (laughs) (laughs) You see? So, yeah. So that whole thing's interesting. And I can't help. Like, I'm sorry. It's such a sticking point for me. I'm I'm really flashing back to when Brooklyn left the show after sleeping with him and pulling out the pregnancy test. And I think back about the drunken night, you know, the drinks, you know, her having a bad night, him having a bad night, and then this just happening. And so... Part of me is concerned that she concocted this whole thing from the get-go. For real? I don't know. Like, what are you trying to imply? Like, again, I know I'm, like, fixated on the fact that they showed the audience the pregnancy test, right? That she had it in her bag. So, for me, I'm like, okay, that could mean nothing, really. And it could simply just be, like, the her them talking to the audience, right? Just being like, she's pregnant. <laughs> like... Okay, guys, expect this type of storyline. So I think her her showing the pregnancy box could have just been like, you know, it was simply just a message to the audience. But it does pose the question, was this just a fortunate thing where the plan occurred to her after sleeping with him? Or was this, you know, was the scheme going on from the very beginning? I'd like to think that it came up after. Like, maybe she, did we see if it was a, no, we just saw the box, right? Exactly. An unopened oh God, box. I don't think true. you, it's like you don't need a box to fake a pregnancy. Like you don't <laughs> need to take the test. To like- I think that she probably thought she might be because it was a wild night and they didn't think about it. And then the idea came from there. Oh my gosh, I love that so much more because the natural chemistry that night when they got together is like, yeah. don't take that away from me. Right? I'm like, no, don't. No. Don't. But I think ultimately she'll end up with Chase and he'll end up with Anna. So now without the baby, you know, it really makes um, it easier to kind of shift his focus back to Anna. She'll be there to pick up the pieces because he's already in love with that baby. And I'm just kind of like Brooklyn E. I know you have this plan, but you're crossing a line here um, because he will now mourn a baby. <laughs> like it's, that's just... it's so funny because like we have such wild, crazy storylines. But this one, it's like, no. No, no, do not do it. <laughs> yeah, but for real. So, no, I, I like he's staring out the window, right? He's like scared for the baby. So I. Mm. But again, this is, I guess, this is where we're gonna see. I think the devastation over learning, like being mad, but then when his anger is gone and he's left with the devastation of the loss of a child he thought he was gonna have, this is where Anna swoops in to pick up the pieces. I'm guessing this is after they put down their guns. And when they're not <laughs> watching Peter, because we almost forgot about, well, I'm just like, whatever. Like, them two kidnapping <laughs> Peter. I'm like, it's the last time. fail, like, the right? first five minutes. Right? And so, Ugh. like, what's their plan? They're going to be like, look, you've been a bad boy. We're going to send you up to Violet's room. And you're going <laughs> to stay there and think about what you've done. <laughs> you cannot come down until you confess. Yeah. So that's interesting. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. I'm not really invested just yet. 
No, 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 no. Not at all. <laughs> not, not at all. I've got no faith when it comes to someone trying to take down Peter in this sort of... Well, also given that they tried it before. Yeah. Like, no trust. No trust at all, my friend. So it's that time in the show where I ask you something. Are you ready? <laughs> I'm, I'm actually ready. I love it. I love it. Okay, so do you have a favorite line? Do you want to give out some trophies, awards, gold stars, sprinkles, sparkles, unicorns? What would oh, you like man. to do? Okay, first I'm going to start with my favorite line. So this is a favorite. This is a line by Brooklyn about Chase when she mm-hmm. says, he means well, but he needs someone to check his work. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was freaking amazing. And in terms of like gold stars, oh gosh, like, okay, I have a lot to give out. I feel like GH itself needs a gold star. Okay, <gasps> Ooh, I just feel like. That's big. That's big. Yeah, it's a pretty big, it's a pretty big honor, actually. <laughs> it is, though. It them. is, and also just... Tag them and say, star. <laughs> They'd be like, who, who are you? <laughs> we don't care. <laughs> um, and, um, and then there's, like, Alexis. So basically that Alexis episode, like, I can't even. It's, like, 100 stars, that, that episode. I 1000% agree with everything. Oh, you, you had to, to say. tell me? I said 100 stars. <laughs> <laughs> you asked thousand. Oh, I a million percent also agree. <laughs> well, okay, I didn't asterisk. Is that the right word? A line. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but I did love that moment when, uh, like, that little chemistry between Chase and Brooklyn. And when he's like, uh, when she's like, what are you going to arrest a pregnant woman? He's like, yes, or something like that. Like, I can't remember yes! that. Yes. Yes. Okay. So about that scene, I was like, later when I realized that she wasn't pregnant, I'm like, he will. Because for fraud. <laughs> <It's so laughs> I, I just thought that was so funny because it was quite significant. Would you arrest a pregnant woman? He was like, I just might. And I'm like, he might. Like, he might. <laughs> 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 so there's my life and then same for you like stars go to the same people I also want to give a star I know I may I'm giving it to Ava just because like her growth and that conversation with Laura and <laughs> and her trying to and this is above and beyond your stars I agree with your stars but additional stars yeah <laughs> As it's Ava above and, and beyond my stars not above like the ranking of your stars but just in addition to <laughs> this is where people have already stopped listening so i guess we can keep going (laughs) no one's listening to this part so it's fine (laughs) well on that note that's a wrap (laughs) (laughs) fine i don't want to talk to you either (laughs) imagine we have like a hang-up noise right now that'd be great Okay, fine. I'll hang up. Goodbye. <laughs> no, you hang up. No, you. <laughs> no, no, you. Have a good weekend. You have a good and amazing weekend, everybody. Well, I, I wish everyone else a better weekend than we <laughs> wish them. <laughs>